The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we update you on some recent news, including Disneyland's new Magic Key program, the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, and a whole lot more. Find all episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. And we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can check us out on Patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered, where you can subscribe to receive bonus content or... If you're looking to plan a Disney vacation, you can support the podcast by booking through me as your travel agent at no cost to you. Get started by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net. If you have any questions for the podcast, email us DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, tweet at us at www.deciphered on Twitter, or find us on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As The Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips With Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So there has been a lot of news breaking at Disney World and the Disney parks in general. And on top of all that, Scott Gustin, who is generally on top of Disney news, he breaks or at least covers a lot of the news that comes out, said that August is going to be a very busy month if you like Disney parks news. But we didn't want to wait till the end of the month. We only do these news things every once in a while, but I feel like there's enough things that are going to be relevant to people visiting the parks in the next month or two that we thought that we would cover it. Before we get started, I want to do a quick update on episode 180, where we talked about tips for large groups. We discussed doing the capture your moment $50 photo shoot as a good idea for large groups. Now, unfortunately, listener Amanda reached out to us and let us know that Disney caps that at eight people. So it won't really work for a large group. In fact, her group was told that they couldn't even like pay double and have their group do it together. She was specifically told that they would not take pictures of more than eight people. Hopefully that changes, um, but that was a bit of a bummer to hear. Related to that, another listener, Candice, I was talking to her. She did a Capture Your Moment thing, and the nice thing was she got to go into the Magic Kingdom 15 minutes before rope drop. So she got a bunch of pictures with her family in front of the castle with nobody there. You know, that's kind of another plus in the column for capture your moment but unfortunately you know it won't work for the large group so we just want to update that and thank you to amanda and candace for those data points leslie the concept of taking a picture in front of the castle without anyone in front of it for 50 dollars for my family i don't know that's pretty good that's christmas card material right there Totally, totally. And I got to do that myself, actually, at Disneyland when Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opened because there were so few people in the park that (laughs) I got to do it. So sometimes you don't even have to pay anything for it if you get lucky. Well, you know, we're not all as lucky as you, so it's nice to have $50 to uh, guarantee it. So let's uh, get to the news. Uh, The most relevant thing that will be affecting people if you're visiting the parks anytime soon, is that the indoor mask requirements are back. So Leslie, are there any exceptions or pretty much Disney World, Disneyland, if you're inside, you got to be wearing a mask? There's some slight differences between Disney World and Disneyland. I have to confess, I haven't paid too much attention to them, but it kind of has to do with uh, 
whether you're on a ride. My understanding is you can have a mask off on an outdoor ride at Disneyland, but maybe not at Disney World. Is that your is that your understanding? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't actually know since I guess mentally I was just going to be defaulting to wearing a mask when I got into queue for an attraction. But yeah, that might be the case. I mean, I've definitely seen pictures of people without their masks on at both parks uh, on outdoor rides. But the bottom line is if you're going indoors, especially uh, if you're going to pick up food for dining or you're on an indoor queue, which, for example, I think in you know most of the social distancing had gone away in the queues, so you're going to be indoors for a lot of these queues again. You need to, if you're two or older, you need to be wearing a mask again on both coasts. I think Universal is only doing that as a recommendation, but at Disney, you know they are having the cast members telling you to put them on again. So that's something to know. Related to that, I think there have been a lot of people canceling trips because of the mask mandates coming back, which means if you had plans to go, you may end up, I mean, I can't say this for sure, but I just know from what I see amongst travel agents and stuff like that, people are canceling trips. So you may end up with less people in the parks than you might otherwise had in August, which uh, if you're willing to put on a mask when you go indoors. Yeah, I definitely anecdotally at least know of people canceling trips from sort of either end of the spectrum. Some people don't want to wear masks and some people don't want to go to Florida right now because they think the cases are too high. So you have, <laughs> I guess, the mushy middle of the, the rest of the people who are who are going. So um, yeah, but definitely it does feel like numbers have, have plummeted for sure. I guess that's good for folks who are trying to maybe get a little social distance or some shorter lines who are going right now. Yeah, I mean, personally, I have a trip planned for the end of August. It would just be me. And speaking completely honestly, like I am not ready to cancel it yet, but I'm also not ready to say that I'm definitely going to go yet. Today, as we're recording, it's like 20% positivity rate in Orange County, which is super high and the hospitals are very full. Um, and so it doesn't seem like it would be a great idea to go. That being said, I think we've seen in the UK with this Delta variant, because it comes in, you know, one of the epidemiologists that Leslie and I follow on Twitter, Dr. Monica Gandhi, she keeps saying that Delta is like a hurricane. So it's going to come through and wreck things really quickly, but it will uh, die out faster than previous things. So I'm not exactly sure what things are going to look like in a month. What we would say in general is if you have plans, since you really, with Disney's policies, don't need to cancel them until very late in the game. If you are willing and you sit tight, you may see things turn out differently than what you think they are right now. Because I don't know who can predict what's going to happen a month from now. I certainly can't. Absolutely. I think that's the best advice is everything changes so rapidly. I mean, it's it's hard to believe that like I was at Disneyland in mid-June and it seemed like the pandemic was essentially over that, at that point in time. And like, here we are, you know, six weeks later in a totally different situation. So yeah, certainly six weeks from now, it could be radically better. I hope it's radically better. We were so young six weeks ago, Leslie. So I know. <laughs> I, I should also say here that we did end up up for longtime listeners. You know that we were planning to do an extended family trip in the middle of August. Actually, it would be two weeks from now. We ended up postponing that. Uh, you know, it's grandparents involved. It's like really young kids involved with my sister-in-law's family we just decided it's so hot, like physical, like temperature hot. And uh, I guess COVID hot too, but with everything going on and we decided to cancel before the indoor mask mandates came back anyway, we actually ended up pushing that till next winter. Um, just so, you know, at least at the very least, we will have better weather to go. So I think, you know, for us with that many people going, it was easier to cancel. But if it was just my family, I probably would be holding on to the last week or two and be, be deciding last minute. 
Yeah, definitely easier to cancel when it's just like one immediate family than a big extended family group. So I think that was that was the right call under the circumstances, Joe. Yeah, we feel good about it. We'll be heading out to a beach house we rented instead. So uh, everyone will get together. It'll be the first time we've all seen each other in a year and a half. So we're very much looking forward to that. Moving on to the next piece of news, Disneyland announced their new annual pass program, which they're calling Magic Key. Disney also announced that annual passes will be coming back to Disney World. So we thought this would be relevant. Leslie, I know you're much more on top of the Disneyland situation. So can you just break down really quickly, even not even necessarily prices, but just the overall kind of strategy that Disney had with this annual pass? And if they go with the same one, I think we can learn a lot from what they did in Disneyland. I think we were all expecting something pretty revolutionary, judging by the language Chapek and others have been using these last several months that, you know, they were deliberately avoiding using the words annual pass. So people thought this was going to be a complete reimagining. And then what came out looks a whole lot like the old system. I mean, and the pricing is fairly similar as well. So there's four different tiers, the lowest tier being a pass that's available only to locals. And you know everything has a new name and a slightly different price and a slightly different block out calendar. But it looks a whole lot like the old APs at Disneyland. So, you know, I think there's been some speculation that maybe Disney had plans for something revolutionary and was hearing the the backlash or was looking at the numbers or whatever and decided they needed to, to keep something more familiar. One thing of note, I mean, the, the big difference is everybody now has to make reservations. I mean, that that is the big change is that you have to make reservations for every day you want to go. And depending upon your pass level, you get a certain number of reservations at a time. So the highest pass, the dream pass, uh, dream key, I guess is what it's called now, uh, has no, has no blockout dates or anything like that, but you can only make six reservations at a time. So for all those vloggers out there who like to go day after day after day, you're going to have to, you know, wait to use a reservation to make the next reservation six days later or something like that. Theoretically, I guess those vloggers could still go pretty much every day of the year if they want to. The big takeaway for me is that, as we've been saying from the beginning, park reservations are here to stay. I think we can expect that to be the same at Disney World. Now, some aspects of the Disneyland Magic Key program that is probably not going to affect Disney World is they dropped free parking from everything except for the highest tier of annual pass or key at Disneyland I don't think, especially with the space that there is at Disney World, I just don't think that they're going to make you start paying for parking if you're an annual pass holder. Now, the interesting thing, I think, is the park reservations, how that's going to work for Disney World annual passes, just because right now you technically only get three if you have an annual pass. However, if you have an on-site stay of, say, seven days, you can make reservations for all those seven days. So it's like three plus however many days you're staying. Disneyland is very different. They only have three on-site hotels. So it'll be interesting to see. We don't know what that's going to look like, but I suspect that if they did not go with a radical change in Disneyland, the annual pass program in Disney World is not going to be radically changed either. This is another example, you know, the joke I keep saying, but we have Disney Stockholm Syndrome because the Disneyland Magic Key program is a little bit more expensive than the old annual pass program, or maybe even moderately more expensive, but we were expecting something so much worse that I think we're all like, oh, that's not too bad. And actually, the top level pass is less expensive. I mean, you get a little bit less with it because you have to make reservations and you don't get max pass, which included photos. Photo pass, but it actually the top price is lower <laughs> with Magic Key than it was with the old APs. So it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I mean, annual pass, it wasn't that bad because they increased the price of annual passes for 10 years straight before that, I guess, because they Bingo. are still pretty Bingo. expensive. Yeah. 
Yeah, Bingo. I mean, at Disney World, it's like $1,200 or something or whatever. So, you know, I think it's still going to be pretty bad. Yeah. So one thing I do want to quickly add, though, is I am crunching the numbers myself right now to decide whether or not I want to get one of these magic keys. And it's not entirely clear to me that it will make sense for people who are sort of nearby out-of-towners, like the Northern Californians, the Arizonans. It's just because of the blockout dates. There are a lot of blockout dates. And for folks who come on like Saturdays or maybe want to come during a spring break week or something like that, a lot of the passes except for the most expensive one are blocked out. And at that point, it becomes cheaper to buy a couple of, you know, three-day park hopper tickets if you're going to come a few times a year. So I'm looking at it pretty carefully. I have until October when I am going for a Halloween trip to decide whether I'm planning to upgrade or not. So stay tuned. Have they said anything about whether you can bridge a ticket that you currently own and, you know, use the value of that to pay for an annual pass as you have been able to in the past? Yes, you can as you're, you know, using that ticket. So when you're on a trip, as long as the trip is after August 25th, which is when the annual passes start, the magic keys start, you can, you know, in the app or go to the ticket booth, apply the value of the ticket that you have to get an annual pass. That's how I bought my annual pass in the past. And uh, they have confirmed that that is going to work as well again. Got it. Do we have to get used to calling it magic key? This is going to be difficult. And I hope just for the sake of our sanity that they call it magic key at Disney World as well. Otherwise. <laughs> and, and it's like, and they're using the same four terms that like Lynn Testa and Jim Hill on the, <laughs> the always joke about on the Disney Dish podcast. Yeah, yeah the like, roulette wheel. The, the be- <laughs> believe, dream, enchant. <laughs> Ins- yeah, what is, I don't just, even remember them all. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, it's the, it's the same. <laughs> it's the same wheel of fortune wheel they used to spin to get the new Disney Cruise Line ships. Yeah, I, exactly. I totally yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Great joke by the Disney dish right there. All right, so they did not increase the prices too much on the Magic Key. We're not going to talk too much about this, but it just definitely warranted a mention. Not too expensive for Magic Key, but Star Wars Galactic Cruiser. Wowzers. That is going to be pretty expensive, Leslie. Run down these prices. Remember, it's a two-night, basically all-inclusive. It's like a cruise, or, you know, they're billing it as a cruise on land or in space. But, uh, you know, what are the prices going to run for this Disney Galactic Star Cruiser experience? Yeah, so it starts at, for two, when you have two guests per cabin, $1,209 a night per person. So that comes out to $4,800 for two people for two nights. And then if you're talking family of four with one kid who counts as adult, one kid of child age, then you're looking at $5,999 total for two nights. And and I don't know about you, Joe, but I looked at the schedule, like the tentative schedule, and it's not even two full days. It's a day and a half of stuff because you don't get to check in until I think right around or after lunchtime. So you have an afternoon and an evening activities. You have a full day the next day, but then you have to get the heck out on the morning after your second night. So there's nothing. So it's like a cruise, like they're getting you off the ship really, really early in the morning. So it's not even two full days of activity. Activities. I, I'm, and one of the half of the, day, the time is spent one of those days in Galaxy's Edge, which you can do obviously without spending $6,000 a night. Yes, but you don't need to wake up early to get the Rise of Resistance boarding group. They'll give it to you. So uh, <laughs> for six thousand dollars for the low low price, that's, that's worth that's worth a thousand dollars right there in the new FastPass system. Uh, rumors we'll get to later. And uh, Leslie, you got a free Magic Band as well included. So what what right. is there to say? 
Now, it does look pretty cool. It looks like it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, there's going to be a Sabacc tournament, which Star Wars nerds, I'm sure, will go crazy over. And I'm sure that Disney will be in the schedule. They have something like there are going to be events that happen to your group. I don't know if that you have to end up smuggling something or I don't know what's going to happen. And you're going to find out what happened to the coaxium that you smuggled at Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. So there's going to be a lot of cool tie-ins and it does seem like it'll be a lot of fun. Price-wise, it is expensive. A two-night cruise is probably going to run you like on the Wonder or something like that. The two-night cruises out of San Diego, those are going to run you like $3,000 for a family of four. But we'll have to see how it goes. I'm not going to say I was never really interested in going. Like It would have had to be really cheap for me to like jump at the opportunity to go. So we'll see how the price works out. I mean, we need to see the experience before we make final judgment. But we thought we would put the numbers out there. Oh, last thing. If you are a family of five like mine, they do have cabins for a family of five. So it's not like you uh, need to get a second room if you have five people in your party. So that's just uh, another thing to note. It says it's opening in spring 2022, which I think technically can go all the way to June 21st, 2022. So we'll see what happens. A lot of people are thinking it might launch May the 4th. That'd be oh a good that'd be a good date. Did you even think of that, Joe? I did not think of that. <laughs> I did not think of that. I've been on vacation, you know. But uh pretty clever, pretty clever. So the next piece of news that came out is Mirrors, the company that currently provides the Magical Express buses, announced their pricing for what they're going to be calling the Mirrors Connect. This is going to replace Magical Express or I guess a better way to put it is Disney has done away with Magical Express being included in your Disney Resort stay. Mirrors has announced Mirrors Connect to replace that, but it's going to cost you money. The price is really quickly. There is a standard service, which is basically like the current Magical Express. You might have to wait for a bus. You might have to drop other people off at other hotels before you get to your hotel. That's $16 per adult one way, 32 round trip, or $13.50 per child, 27 round trip. Or you can also do the premium service, which I think is going to be point to point. They say you're not going to have to wait very long at the airport and you'll be going straight to your hotel. That's $200 for four passengers or $55 extra per additional passenger. I guess this is kind of around what I expected it would be. This is pretty in line with Universal's shuttle prices. Anything to say about this other than the fact that it's kind of sad that Magical Express is no longer included? Yeah, totally sad. It does seem like they're bringing back the luggage service, so that may bring back some you know convenience for families. But when you do the, the crunch the numbers... It's going to be cheaper for my family of four to take an Uber. Does that sort of where you come out? Yeah, I think once you get to like a certain size of child, when you don't need to worry about car seats, all of that, I think as long as you're flying in at a time that's not surge pricing. I mean, I guess the unknown is there has been a lot of surge pricing in Orlando right now just because there's not as many Uber drivers. But by 2022, we're hoping things will be closer to full capacity and if there's no search pricing then yeah i think uber is going to be a lot cheaper and the other thing is i was going to make a joke about like are we going to see cheesy disney promotional videos on the way down but i actually enjoyed those and you know you get to watch some old school mickey or donald cartoons will this mirrors connect service have that or will it just be a bust it's these are the kind of things that we don't know yet um, that we'll have to see. That's right. And one other question I guess I have is, it's not clear to me that they're using motor coaches all of the time. So ha- have you seen anything about that? I mean, that's that's a car seat question that a lot of families with young kids will be interested in because if they're going to at some point run 15 passenger vans or something like that, then that won't work for, for families. Have you, have you seen anything one way or the other on that? 
What they said is parentheses bus or van. So yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm guessing though that if they're running vans that they will have car seats that come with it. You know, they're a transportation company, they're a shuttle company. They're probably on top of that stuff. So uh, I wouldn't be too worried about that. It's just, I think, Leslie, we need to do a Disney Deciphered Unfiltered episode for patrons about whether Disney has like completely priced out the middle class just because all these changes with all these extra add-ons price-wise and things like that, like these vacations are really, on the one hand, either feels like you have to pay a ton of money to get all the benefits, or on the other hand, if you're trying to save money, you're getting nickel and dimed all over the place. So I think uh, we're just going to have to chat about that sometime after we're not both traveling all over the place this summer. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, so we wanted to cover one rumor really quickly, and that is people keep asking, when is FastPass going to come back? We don't know. Nobody knows. I think like with Disneyland's annual pass change to Magic Key, I think Disney has multiple options that they're considering, and they haven't even decided yet what to implement. The one thing we want to say, there was people were like very, I guess, curious to see Disneyland Paris implemented their paid fast pass option where you pay a fast pass like per ride. And so the one that everyone is kind of sticking on is that Buzz Lightyear costs 15 euros per person, which is about $18. So for a family of four, it would cost you $72 to get a fast pass for Buzz Lightyear. I don't know if that's what Disney World is going to do. I'm sure that that is one of the options Disney World is considering, but we'll have to see. I think with this new Delta Surge has probably thrown Disney World's FastPass plans into a bit of flux, like they're going to wait to announce it. And Disney Dish again, uh, Len and Jim, they have been mentioning all sorts of rumors from we might not find out until halfway through the 50th to some crazy, like super complicated versions that involve Disney Genie as well. So I guess we're just going to have to see. But uh, $72 for Buzz Lightyear, I'm probably not paying that. Nope. And that's 90 for me because I have a family of five. That's right. Yeah. I, it seems to me that the a la carte pricing won't fly in the U.S. Like it will be some more, something more like a bundle or something like that. But like you said, I think Disney has a lot of different options that they are sitting on and they're watching and waiting and will decide down the road when they are forced to do so. All right. So last thing we want to point out is that there is just a lot of stuff reopening. And since we're doing a news episode, might as well catch you up on that. If you're going to be in the park soon, Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, Hall of Presidents reopened sooner than I thought it actually would. Uh, Columbia Harbor House, I got to give that a shout out just because it's my favorite quick service in Magic Kingdom. I do not know where the queue for Peter Pan is going to go now since it was running through there before. There are rumors that the Star Wars Fireworks are going to be coming back soon at Hollywood Studios, but I haven't seen anything official on that. And just a reminder, you know, say goodbye to Happily Ever After if you can before October 1st, because at that point it will no longer be around. Actually, I think it's technically September 29th or 30th, which is going to be the last show. So lots of stuff reopening. Disney World's getting back to normal at this weird time, but it's one of those freight trains. Like once they've started on reopening, it's going to be tough to slow it down to close it back again. So I think you're in pretty good shape for all this stuff reopening. One quick question for you, Leslie, is Jungle Cruise in Disneyland like completely updated with, you know, the rock animatronics and Emily Blunt and all that? I'm just kidding about that. But I know that Jungle <laughs> Cruise is getting updated. Is the update finished? Yeah, the update's finished. It opened in mid-July. I think it was the 16th. So I haven't seen it because our trip was before that. So uh, I watched, started watching part of a ride through, but somehow got distracted and never finished it. But uh, yeah, the, the updates are done. Awesome. 
All right, Joe, let's close it out with a Disney do or don't. What do you have for us? All right, my Disney do is if you are planning a trip for 2022, do start writing out a budget for everything with things like the Mirrors Connect and the dining plan is eventually going to come back if you're interested in that, but with also the hotels and who knows if you're going to have to pay for FastPass. I think you're going to want to have a spreadsheet already started with your budget for what you're paying for line item by line item at Disney World before you get closer to the trip. And that way it is kind of ready to go. I think we're in this period right now where we're not sure exactly what we're going to have to pay for, but I do think that we are going to have to be more mindful. It used to be like you would just pay this much. And even if you're doing dining plan, you would say, this is going to cost $6,000 and you know, I pay for my flights and that's it. But now it just seems like with all these different things that you have to add and it's not all bundled together, like you're not all paying for it at once, it'll be really easy to lose track of your budget. So my suggestion is whatever system you use to keep track of budgets, whether it be a notepad or an Excel spreadsheet, start writing down every separate thing that you think you're going to have to pay for at Disney World, just so you don't get surprised when your actual trip comes and you don't have to stress about it at that point. Very helpful tip. All right. So that does it for this first half of August news episode. I'm pretty sure that in the beginning of September or maybe even in late August, we're going to have other news that we're going to have to cover. But until then, let us know if what you feel about all these changes. Let us know if there's any news we missed. You can email us, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com. Tweet at us at WWDeciphered on Twitter or find us on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And other than that, Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. And I will see you pouring over a spreadsheet, deciding whether Magic Key is worth it. Thanks, Joe.